Shut up. Shut, shut up. Sit down. Strap in. Hang on. You don't need your mama's permission. This, this is the Battle, is the Podcast. Battle Podcast. Battle Podcast. Now, your host. What up, man? Welcome to the battle. I'm your host, John Dirk. And I'm Ray Ray all day. Ray Ray, what's up, my man? What's going on, man? Man, I'm feeling good, bro. You should be feeling good. I just got off a vacay, boy. Man, you looking all tan. Ooh, you know what I found out? What's that? Tan fat looks better than white fat, boy. Yeah, there you go. You guys have no idea what I've been through the last week on that beach. <laughs> I mean, do you know how hard it is to avoid... Harpoons. Are there even any whales in Florida? <laughs> there was one last week, huh? <laughs> You're Boy, definitely not you. looking so paleo. Yeah, I'm uh, not looking paleo. Yeah, I need to get back on the paleo. You know what I mean? You fall off that wagon again? Man, oof. I got in that water, dude. I thought I was right for the picking, bro. Let me tell you, right for the prick. <laughs> oh, I got God. a little nervous, I gotta be honest with you, you know, because I'm not a big salt when? water guy, you know, because I like to see what's under my feet, uh-huh. you know? And, uh, you know, you're floating around out there and you're feeling this running by your feet, that running by your feet. You're seeing fins coming out of the water. <laughs> Those are dolphins. Yeah, they were dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> it could have made, made for a great story. You know what I mean? Uh, no doubt. I mean, you know, like you see these birds coming at you with these talons. Yeah. They turn out to be like seagulls. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it was it was a good time of fun in the sun, brother. Fun mm. in the sun. Well, good for you, bro. Yeah, I needed it. That's awesome, man. I needed some rest and relaxation after that last that last podcast we had. I had to come back down off of one of my tangents. It took me a, a week to come back down. So I'm back to being full money, John. There we go. Yo, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> sweet, sweet. Yeah, well, while you was out there basking in the sun, as other guys were out there working. Yeah, I, I got the I got the pictures. <laughs> I'm a little sad I didn't see any of the duck lips, but I got the pictures. You know, we thought about it, but the, it was both of us, Fritz and I together. So doing duck lips together, it might yeah. get a little fishy, yeah. you know? Yeah. Fritzy might get away with it because he's about, you know, two feet taller than you. <laughs> I had to stand on my tippy toes to take the selfie, but man. Right, yeah, man. You're, Somebody you're, might think You're right something. at nipple level. You don't want to be doing that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, we're just doing a couple improvements on the uh, on the studio here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, man. It's coming together, man. Coming together. It does. It's a lot quieter and cozier. Yeah. It's cool. It's good to be back in the house. Yeah, you know right. Yeah. God, I missed you, dude. Started to start calling this place the Lion's Den. You know that's what I'm saying? It, man, that's back, it. Back in the Lion's Den. That in the war room. My wife loves calling this place the war oh, room. The war room. I like that yeah. too. Yeah, I like that. Well, she, our buddy Mike Ames, he just left for Maine. He's on his way up there, little the Mainer. So he's on vacay. I sent him a little text. I said, Remember when you're up there, dude, you're a lion, not a sheep. Amen. That's it, bud. Amen. So, so what so, else you guys got going on? Oh, man, just working. Uh, steady progress on the barn still. You know, a little bit here, a little bit there. You got any wood on that sucker? Is it still all poles? It's still all poles. You got to get the concrete in first, but I got to get a skid steer to get the uh, fill dirt pulled in there, and then yeah. get then the you, concrete. You better what? Better redneck and nice. Oh, yeah, it's coming. You got to get fill dirt pulled in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, send me pictures, will you? Yeah. <laughs> man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be calling in all the humanitarians, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You got to first get your ham steak and some grill. <laughs> Yeah, get your dirt pulled you, in there. You, you want this, you know, hamitarian over here to show up. <laughs> hamitarian. There better be some hamburgers on the grill. <laughs> you don't just want to push your dirt in there. You want to put it down there. You got to push you it in there. Put it up there yeah. or down there. Yeah. You got to go down there because you got to stay there, too. You got to stay there. Yeah. You got to keep it there. You got to push the boards up. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can see it now. You have other fat jokes. Hey, John, come over and stomp on the dirt, will you? We need it packed. In. We need it <laughs> compacted. Come on, John. We're gonna type a board to your ass. And we're gonna make you jump up and down. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah, redneck style. <laughs> man, Ooh. oh man. So this yeah. week, man, we are going to talk. Wait, I just remembered something. What's that? We've gone even more worldwide. <laughs> worldwide, wide, wide, wide. Man. That was nice, Johnny. You like yeah. that? Those special sound effects here. I made it myself. <laughs> we have hit Turkey. We have hit Ireland. We have hit Poland. We have hit Brazil. And Alaska. I know that's part well, of the United America States. And as Ray, Ray likes to say, Alaska. Yeah, exactly. Alaska. I know Alaska's part Alaska. of it. Alaska is a country unto itself. We hit Turkey when Bobby was here. Did we? Did we? Couple, couple. Oh, yeah, no. herb, 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 herb and butter crusted, butter brine, brine. We love you, Bobby. Lem- lemon brine. Shout out to oh, Bobby. <laughs> that was that kid. turkey was uh, abused. Yeah, and hey, well, more good news. Abused. He's we abused. What are you talking about? He said he lathered it down with butter. Remember, he was massaging it. <laughs> turkey wasn't oh, abused, yeah. like you said. That turkey's <laughs> wanting to tip him. Tip him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we got more good news too. What's that? We are seeing some love from iHeartRadio now. Yeah, No Heart Radio picked us up. Wow. Woo! We're the big leagues now, <laughs> Yes, sir. Swimming with the big fish. We're you know, big fish. I, I think they heard our podcast busting on me. You know, no Heart Radio, you know, where's the love, what's happening? And now all of a sudden we back. Uh, now we on. Yeah, okay, good. Well, we love you, iHeart. We love you, you iHeart. Hashtag Heart Heart. <laughs> <laughs> they finally got woke, Johnny. Yeah, they got you. woke. Yeah. That statement just does not fit you. Yes, yeah, I know. Tell me about it. I've been doing that with the wife and the kids, messing with them, doing the old hashtag and the heart symbol. Yeah. They don't like No? You no, know, nah, they don't just they don't get it, man. You know, it's like I you, go out of my way to try to stay in, you know, hashtag love, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ain't working. What about the skinny jeans? You wearing them too? Nah, yeah. <laughs> well, at my size, whatever jeans you put on are typically skinny jeans. They're all pretty tight. You know? <laughs> Don't be a hater. Not everybody's built like a 12-year-old. <laughs> Man, I was always told if I turned sideways and stuck my tongue out, I'd look like a zipper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this week, man, now that we got all the good news out, yeah, this week, Mentors, mentorship. Well, we've been talking about mentorship since the very beginning of this podcast. Right. And I was thinking about it this week while I was gone. I'm like, you know, we talk a lot about mentorship and and, and the importance of mentorship. And I don't know sometimes if we get into what that truly looks like. And I started thinking about when did I first have my very first mentor and how it affected my life. And I I wanted to, and I'd like to do that today with you and for it. So uh, for all of us to kind of, Talk a little bit like that about that because you know it looks different for every one of us, right? You know, my first mentor wasn't a Christian, mine by, by any means. He was far cry, far right. cry from it, you know. Yeah. So, but you know, the values that I was taught from him and the things that he gave me in life, I've taken with me right. my entire life. Mm-hmm. It started really. I was I was fifteen, getting ready to turn sixteen. That's a pretty funny story. I was dating this girl, and I've been dating her for quite some time, about six months. And she, uh, she said, well, you know, I want you to go over to my Meme and Pepe's house because they were French and Portuguese and they call their, them the grandma and the grandpa Meme and Pepe, which that was new to this kid from the projects. So I thought it was grandma and grandpa. You know? Right. She said, we're going to go to my Meme and Pepe's because my dad's going to be over there. And we want you to meet my dad. She goes, but I got to tell you something. And I said, what? She says, when he gets mad, he flips out. <laughs> like, why are you telling me this right now? Right. <laughs> and she's like, I'm just letting you know, cause sometimes he can be a little crazy. And I'm like, 
oh, okay. So we go over to the house and I come walking in and I, re- I remember it like it was yesterday. I walk in the door and I meet my man Pepe and I introduce myself. And then I walk into the living room and there's her dad. I can remember what he was wearing. He was wearing a tank top and a pair of shorts. He, he was either red shorts and a, and, a, and a yellow top or vice versa. I can't remember the, I just remember those two colors distinctly. The wife beater. Oh yeah. He was wearing a wife beater. So his hair was all, this is back when he had hair. Ach, no, don't get mad at me. But back when Ach <laughs> had hair, his brown hair, he was brown too back then too. He had this brown hair. His hair was all messed up from laying there watching TV and he gets up and he introduces himself and he's like, what's your name? I said, my name's John. He goes, nice to meet you, Mr. Gabriel. And he says, oh, well, it's nice to meet you, blah, 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 blah. And right as I'm talking to him, her younger brother and his girlfriend's son are out in the front. Yeah, they're like eight or nine years old, right? They start lighting off fireworks. This dude goes into a rage, right? <laughs> he starts flipping out, runs out the house. He's yelling and screaming at these two dudes. And I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> she wasn't kidding, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm just, you know, seized up. He comes back in like nothing ever happened, right? <laughs> and he looks at me, he says to me, and I'll never forget. He says, uh, you got a job? I said, well, no. He said, well, you do now. Nice. He says, listen, he goes, Saturday morning. I'm going to come to your house. You be out on those front steps waiting on me at 5.30 a.m. Don't be late. And I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, and I mean it because I'll come in your house and get you. Nice. So 5.30 shows up like clockwork. There he is. He's picking me up. And one thing about Arch I learned over the years is that he never goes directly to work. You got to get, as he says, you got to have sugar on the job. So it's always, you got to stop off and get donuts. So you got to go have a full fledged breakfast. And by the time you get to work, it's like eight o'clock, but you've been up since you've been up since four 30 waiting on him to get there at five 30. And then you finally get to work, you know, seven o'clock, you know, eight o'clock. So we, I'll never forget it. We're down in this basement and we're working on this, this foundation for this basement. We're doing a stucco job. And I had no idea what the heck doing. I didn't know anything about it. I'm just some kid from the projects. You know, I'm working with this, with my uh, girlfriend's dad, who's down in this basement, just the two of us. Ready to go off at any minute. I, I, dude, this, this story here, <laughs> I, I just got to tell you, this is, this is how our relationship started. And you know, I mean, I'm just being straight. I'm about transparency, right? So we're down in this basement and we're working and he's got me doing something. And he, he says to me, he says, Hey, uh, been dating my daughter for a while. I said, yes, sir. About six months. Because you don't have to call me, sir. Just call me Archie. All right. Archie, yes, about six months. Said, oh, all right. Then silence for a couple minutes. Turns around. He looks at me. He says to me, he says, you sleep with my daughter? And I was like, oh. no, sir, we don't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah. Yes, sir. I, I am. I said, but uh, you know, it's not like that. I, lo- I love your daughter. I care about your daughter. And he said, he turned around. He never said another word to me. Oh God. So now I'm in a basement with this guy who my girlfriend has told me goes ape crap crazy when he flips out. He just asked me if I've been intimate with his daughter. Mm-hmm. And those weren't the words he used when he asked me. He was pretty explicit with the way he asked me. <laughs> For you know the for the podcast, we're not going to go there. <laughs> I mean, we say a couple words here, but we ain't saying that one. I'm down there, and I'm thinking this guy is going to kill me. 
I'm going to end up part of one of these I mean, walls. I don't know what this guy's going to do. And we worked. Never said another word to me about it. All day. When that lunch, this and that. And I'm thinking, when's this shoe going to drop? Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, he says, uh, we got to finish this job. We'll be back tomorrow morning to get you. Be ready. 5.30. Don't be late. He was there. He picked me up. And that was the beginning of our relationship. It was the beginning of the first mentor I ever had in my life. Because I lived in the projects with a single mom. Right. My dad lived in Washington State. I didn't have a real strong male influence in my life. And I didn't know at that moment. I mean, I'm thinking I'm just working with my girlfriend's dad. I ended up working with him from that day on four years later. Wow. In the construction field, working with him off and on for four years. And he would pick me up every morning, 5.30. It was one day that I wasn't out on that porch. Uh-oh. Let me tell you something. He came in and he got me. Mm. He come down in the basement where I was sleeping, grabbed me by my ankles, pulled me out of my bed, and looked at me and said, don't you ever embarrass me again. He said, you get your ass up, you get dressed, and you get out to that truck right now. Mm. I'm like, watch, I'm sick. He goes, I don't care if you're sick, you will work it off. He said, men work. And I remember that. That stuck with me my entire life because he planted a seed in me at a very young age. Not only do men work, but when you go to work, you work. Right. There wasn't no walking around. There was no, you know, empty handedness. We were on a job one time and I was new in the construction field. I didn't know a whole lot about stuff, you know, and we're working on this foundation. I think it was like the third or fourth time I've been with him working. And he said to me, he says, Johnny, go to the truck and get me a tape measure. That's what he always called me. Yeah. Go get me a tape measure, Johnny. So I climb down off of this foundation. I go down and go to, go to the truck. I look out of the corner of my eye. He leaps off the foundation, jumps on the edge, runs to the truck, grabs the tape measure, walks up to me. And he's like two inches away from my nose. And he looks at me and he says, why do I need you? He says, if I got to get off that wall one more time and go to that truck, you just keep walking to the house. And I was like, wow, man, this dude's for real. You know what I mean? I'm like, and he would, it was, you know, you would come into the job, you go into the hole because you dig the holes for the foundation. You don't come into that hole empty handed and you better not be walking. He said, you come in with something in your hands, you better be trotting in that hole. When you walk out, you better be having your hands full. You better be trotting out of that hole. I can remember so many years I would hear him say on the job, you're playing, Johnny, you're playing, quit playing. I'm 45 years old. And I can still hear that echoing in my ears today at 45 years old, just like I did when I was 15. Right. I can still hear his voice saying to me, men work. Men don't call in sick. You're sick, you work it off. You better be on time. Don't come in empty-handed. Don't walk out empty-handed. And these are like lessons in my life that I took with me far beyond a construction site, I can tell you that. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, he, he instilled in me the things that I took with me. Like, I can remember after I'd been working with him for four years, you know, he was like a... He was my father, man. Right. He was like my dad. Mm-hmm. People would say to me, you know, why do you, I used to come home after I got married and visit on vacation and I'd go work with him for a week. 
And people look at me like I'm crazy. Like, what the hell are you doing here? Why are you on this job? Sometimes I go and I work and I wouldn't even expect to get paid. And they say, why are you here? And I'm like, because I know that if I want to spend time with him, this is where he is. This is what he does. He works. That's his life. He, he, he works. And if I want to be a part of his life, I had to come into his world. So, I mean, up until I was in my mid-30s, well, I got smart and said, hell, I don't want to do this crap anymore. <laughs> it was that mentality that made our country great. That, yeah, I mean, it's that mentality that built our country. Yeah. And I think the reason he didn't give you a rash of crap about his daughter is because you were honest. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that, Fritz, because it was 10 years later. We were at uh, an event and he always used to, he always, he's funny because, you know, him, my, him, obviously his daughter and I, we didn't work out for whatever reason, you know, young kids, young love, stupidity, you know, whatever. He would always introduce me to people. He said, yeah, this is the guy that screwed me. And people are like, Ach, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, this guy screwed me. I'm like, what do you mean? Why, what, how do you screw you? He goes, this guy was supposed to be my son-in-law and he screwed me. He goes, Ooh. he's like, you know, he's like my stepson, you know? He's like my idiot stepson, you know? <laughs> he goes, but he's a guy that screwed me. But years later, we were at a, at a, at a function and a guy was talking to him and he introduced me. He said, this is, this is Johnny. This is my, my idiot stepson. Like, this is a guy that screwed me. And, he, and uh, the guy's like laughing and everything. And Archie turns to him and says, this, I know this kid since he was 15 years old. He goes, you, you know, the first job we were ever on, we were down doing this Mason's job. He goes, and I wasn't down there alone with him in a basement. He goes, and I asked him, looked him dead in the eyes, <laughs> asked him if he was sleeping with my daughter. And you know what he said to me? And the guy's like, no. <laughs> I know what goes, I would have said to you, Arch. Archie goes, no. He told me yes. Oh. He goes, you know, I thought to myself, he says, man, I could get really mad about this. He says, but you know what? I got so much respect for him. That moment, he said, because he could have lied to me and he told me the truth. Right. He goes, and from that moment on, he goes, he's been like a son to me. Mm. Wow. You know, and he said, and I, you know, I hope that if Arch gets an opportunity, he listens to this podcast because I think that that's the one thing in life that so many men lack. I needed a mentor so desperately in my life. It wasn't that my dad was a bad guy. It wasn't that my, I don't love my father or we didn't have a decent relationship. My father lived in Washington state. I lived in Massachusetts. Can't get much further. Apart I mean, yeah, that. might as well be in another country, right? Mm -hmm. Tells you how much my parents liked each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he came along at a time in my life where I could have went down a a very dark road. I had a lot of friends. Matter of fact, I just found out a couple of weeks ago that a friend of mine that I grew up with OD'd mm. passed away. Mm. You know, a lot of my friends struggle with drug problems, alcohol problems, dead end job problems, living with their parents problems. And a lot of times when they were out being stupid, I was working with Archie. And it's funny because you think that you're sitting there as a young guy, you're thinking you're just working. He didn't teach me how to work. He taught me about life. He taught me about lessons that I never understood that were going to transcend into my adult life, adult life and make me the man that I am today. Now, he wasn't a godly man. He didn't talk to me about Jesus or anything like that. But he talked to me about things like hard work, dedication, being on time, doing what you're supposed to do, earning a living. I mean, you're talking about a guy that I was in my 30s, married, and I would show up and he was still giving me money. Married to somebody else. Yeah. Not I mean, his daughter. Not, not his daughter. 
I'm showing up. We're having dinner. He's buying dinner and he's slipping me money. And I'm like, ah, it's what are you doing? He goes, ah, you need some money, kid. I'm like, I work. I got a job. <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to give me money. He's like, ah, you know, don't worry about it. You don't, I don't want you being broke. Take it, take it. I'm like thinking, and I look back on it and I know what he was saying to me without saying it to me. He was saying, you're mine. And I love you and I want to take care of you. Let me take care of you. Let me even though you can take care of yourself and you're doing okay for yourself, I still want to be that, that guy in your life that takes you to dinner and the guy that throws you a couple bucks or whatever, you know? And I, I never met anybody like him, dude. Never met anybody in my life like Archie. Archie is the type of guy that you, one, you either love Archie or you hate Archie. There's no in-between with him. Kind of like John. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, dude. And that's, you know, there's no fluff in there. It's, yep. It's, this is what he is. And he, and he taught me that in life with people. I mean, we go on jobs and people will be talking about supers and jobs and talking about, well, you know, this guy's a jerk, you know, he's this, this, and that. And I should go, ah, don't worry about it. We'll be eating donuts and wearing t-shirts by the, give me a couple hours. Yeah. And he wasn't joking. Mm -hmm. Guys buying coffees, hot chocolate, donuts, giving us t-shirts with their logos on it. That's just who he was. Right. He, <laughs> He would go to job sites. <laughs> yeah, he's a construction worker. He's calling people honey. <laughs> What's up, honey? <laughs> How's it going, honey? <laughs> he's putting his around people and he's calling them honey, you know? But that's who he was. But he taught me, taught me so much in my life. You know, it's like when I left, I think the hardest thing I ever did was tell him I was leaving. When I went into the service, when I went in the army and I took everything that he taught me and he instilled in me, I took that with me every place I've gone in my life, every job, every, every moment. I mean, there's not a place in my life that Achi Gabriel has not been with me. Ever. I mean, never. There's not been a time in my life when I've looked at something in a situation and thought, not thought about, this is what men do. This is how men do. Work things out. Now, was Arch perfect? No, nah, I mean, Archie did personality, joke around, say some things, do some things. I mean, he had his moments, you know, but he just taught me so much about life. And when I think about men and I think about this podcast, it's like we need that so desperately. I needed that so desperately in my life. You know, I mean, I was 15 going nowhere fast. And this guy comes along and he's like, you're going to work with me. He didn't even give me an option. He said, right. I'm picking you up at 530. Be there. You're going to get sick. You puke on the side of the truck. You don't care. Mm -hmm. And so many of the funnest moments and the, the, for instance, it was, we work concrete. And so when concrete comes and it starts pouring, you start pouring concrete. There's no time to play. You got to go, 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 go. And he was like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I can still hear him in the moments in my life when I know that it's time to go and it's time to move. I can hear him in, in my in my mind and in my heart saying, let's go, kid, let's go. Don't be playing, let's go. Because you don't have time to play. Once that concrete hits those forms, you better be rowing it, you better be moving it, you better be ready to brace them walls and straighten them and everything else because it's going to harden on you. When it does, it's too late. And that's so much about like life. And that's the whole thing about it is mentors come in different shapes and sizes, you know? And you can't expect a mentor to be perfect. They're not going to be perfect but they are going to teach you the key points in life. You know, my, my, the mentor that jumps out at me is my first real boss that I had. His name was Jim. And he was only about five years older than I was. 
he actually, the thing that I picked up the most from him was, you know, between him and my dad, they were both very similar, but my dad wasn't around a lot. He traveled an awful lot. So it was nice finding somebody who was similar to my dad. He really gave me the figure it out. Don't give up. Not everything's going to come easy. You're going to have to screw up. You're going to have to mess it up. Don't make the same mistake. Make new mistakes. Don't do it the same way twice until you get down to the very perfect scenario to make things work out. And he also helped me a lot with the balancing work and I guess you'd say pleasure, being at home or you know doing whatever you're doing. Because I was work, 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 work. I mean, my senior year in high school, I only needed two classes, went to two classes, left, went to work, worked a full-time job there, and then went back to school for sports. And then when sports were over with, then I went to night school. And I, so I was work, 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 work. And he also instilled in me that, look, you've got to have some downtime, some takeaway time, you know? So that was my biggest thing was the balance, which I still didn't do right for, for quite some time. But it did really burn into my head that uh, you've got to have balance. You really have to have balance. So when you're working, you're working. You're not screwing off. You're not messing around. And when you're playing, you're playing. You're right, really right. having a good time. And he used to, uh, after I'd been there about a year, uh, we started to, the guys in the shop wanted to start an hour early. So this is after I graduated high school. I was still working there. And we wanted to start early to beat the heat. And Jim was like, okay, we can do that. We No problem, no problem. So what he didn't tell us is in his office, he had a big two-way mirror. So from the shop, it looked like a mirror. But from his office, he could see out. So the whole shop got there an hour before he did. Well, we didn't realize that, you know, and he told us this later, he would come in about two hours early, have his wife <laughs> drop him off. Oh, yeah. And he would sit in his office to make sure we were working. And we had a turret lathe that was 20 feet from his office, and we made parts on the turret lathe. For those of you who don't know what a turret lathe is, it's, it's a way of turning down metal, and it's got an air chuck, and it's got eight different plugs for, for tools. Yeah, you lost. Yeah. Lost so anyways, what you got to do is you've got you, you've got five different steps and you've got to pull the metal out, stop it, turn it to one, turn it to the next. Each one's a different operation. So I would sit there and I would get, how fast can I do this? You know, so we're doing this an hour before we think he's even there. And I'm pranking on this thing. I mean, I am just boom, 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 just rocking and rolling and to get these parts done. So he actually, that day that he saw me doing that, he calls me into the office and he's like, man, he's like, what gets you working so hard? He's like, I know I've taught you to do this and taught you to do that. When you work, you work in this and that. And I said, I'm just always trying to better myself. Can I make them faster? Because I know if I can make them faster, it's cheaper. So I'm just constantly trying to better ourselves, trying to figure out how we can do this. And I was like, you, you're the one that taught me this. He's like, yeah, but you're like, you're like going freaking berserk with it, man. I said, well, hey, you know, we're trying to do what we Hence can do. the humanitarian. Yeah, I do take things a little <laughs> overboard every once in a while. But as mentors, mentors are so important. If you're a guy out there and you're sitting there listening to this podcast and you can't think of how you've impacted somebody's life or you how you've taken somebody under your wing or taught somebody something, man, maybe you need to open your eyes and look. Yeah. 
We need them. We all, we, every guy needs a mentor, period. We need one and we need to be one. Amen. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. And that's the way we need to look at it is that somebody poured into and gave to me. I want to be able to pour into and give to other people, take those gifts and those talents that have been taught to me, to be able to teach somebody else those same things so they can be successful. There's a guy on YouTube, which is super cool. And I think his channel is, I think it's everything your dad didn't teach you or anyways, the premise of it is that his dad was never around. So his dad never taught him these regular day-to-day things that we try to teach our children. So he's doing a YouTube channel about that. Mm. So one, one video is how to change your oil. One video is how to change your tire. One video is how to caulk a bathtub. One video is, you know, so it's all these steps. So that's awesome. Yeah. He's taking it to a whole nother level. He's trying to reach thousands of people who need mentorship. And they need it. People need it, man. You know, the, the, I think the biggest thing to that, there's a word that comes to mind to me when it comes to this that's so valuable. It's humility. Right. You're never going to be able to be uh, mentored if you're not willing to be mentored. The problem that we have a lot of times when we're young is we think we know everything. or We think we know better. And, you know, there were times that Arch would say something to me and I'd be like, yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say that to him. I'd be saying it under my breath, walking off. And he'd hear her be a few times. He'd get on to me. We got to be willing to accept that. Because the thing is, is what people don't realize, and I've told a few people in my life this, when somebody takes the time out to teach you something and try to impart something upon you, they're trying to give you a part of themselves. Right. And when people try to give you a part of themselves, that's them saying, hey, I care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, I want the best for you. And the whole thing too is it's not just about work and, no. and how to put things together. It's also about how to be a good person, how to, well, I say good person, how to be nice and how to be caring and kind how to, and considerate and compassionate. Yeah, I right, get it. Yeah. Exactly. You know, we have to be able to, to care for these other guys, for this generation that's coming up. We have to show them how to do it because a lot of these kids, you know, they're wanting to, there, you know, if I if I if I want to learn how to do something, I'll just YouTube it or I'll just Google it or I'll just do this. Well, you're not going to Google how to be a nice guy. No, you're not going to Google how to love someone. That's something that has to be shared. That's something that has to be passed down. And that's what we need to do as men is we need to reach into these kids and not just teach them how to do things, but how to be compassionate. It wasn't the job, right? Exactly. It, it, the relationship that I had with Achi, I have with Achi, had, had nothing to do with the job. It had everything to do with, for the first time in my life, another man saw value in me. The vested interest. And had a vested interest in who I was. Right. That's what, I mean, I, I don't work in construction, bro. I'm not, I'm not doing concrete now. I mean, I'm not doing any of the work we did, but I took the values and the work ethic and all the things that he instilled in me. And I've taken, used that in other areas of my life. How about you, Fritz? You got any, any mentors out there, man? Do you want to, any experiences you want to share with our, with our faithful listeners? When I was young, I had a, a guy named Paul Morrow and he, he would, he first came and stayed to my house. It was a, had a big Afro and take me out in the car and we'd go do cool things. And, Years later, I went to work for him at Salvage Yard, Mm -hmm. and I did counter sales. I'm ashamed to admit this, but I ended up, he was so good to me that I took advantage of that. 
mm-hmm. and ended up stealing from him. Mm-hmm. I ended up um, taking the car and I, I, we had a corporate gas thing and I'd fuel up the car and stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't like a big things, but still stealing, stealing. Yeah. Right. And I'll never forget. He sat me down and same situation with you. I had an opportunity to shine or, or not. And he asked me, he said, are you stealing from me? Did you do this? Did you buy this gas? And I said, yes, sir. I did. Nothing was said almost as similar to Archie. And then he came to me and he said, uh, uh, well, I went to him actually. I said, I'd like to make restitution. What can I do to do that? And I, so I cleaned the office for a month or something like that. And we were golden. Mm-hmm. But it's those opportunities that they teach you that have nothing to do with a job. As you said, I'm reminded of Karate Kid. It was the same thing. He, the wax on, wax off, and the paintbrush and yeah. everything had nothing to do with the jobs that he was doing. Right. Yeah. It was the life lessons. Right. You know what I'd like to do before we close tonight? Is I want to give each, each one of us an opportunity just to say, if you could say something to your mentor, you know, what would it be? I'll let you go first, Ray. Me? I would say, Jim, thank you very much. You have no idea how much you impressed upon me in the way that I grew and the way that I became a man and what an impact you had on me. And I really do appreciate absolutely everything that you've uh, given to me. I really do. Fritz? Wow, there are so many things that I would say to Paul because it came at a time when my mom passed away and she died of cancer. It's just, uh, it was a, a point in my life where my dad had to work and things like that. And he stepped in and he, uh, I think the biggest thing that I noticed was that he loved me despite me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He really did. And he just taught me how to respect and how to love and just principles we ought to know as men. And for that, Paul, thank you very much. Cause he could have disowned me. Right. Yeah. Could have said, he stole from me. You're done. What a greater love. I mean, to show you kindness and forgiveness and mercy. Yep. And where else do we see that? We see that with the father. With the father. You, you know? bet. Amen. But before we close tonight, I, I'd like to take this opportunity and I'm, I'm hoping that uh, this will reach your ears. Arch, I just want to tell you how much I love you. I want to thank you so much for being such a great, integral part of my life. You saved my life. In more ways than I think you'll ever realize, you saved my life. You took me away from a lot of distractions that I could have been caught up in, and you showed a vested interest in me, and you loved me, and you taught me, and you took care of me, and uh, that is something that I will never, ever forget, and I'll always be grateful for. Because of that, you'll always be like a father to me, and I just want to tell you I love you, and I want to say thank you. I think it's so important for us to take this time out tonight to honor those men that honored us. Because see, that's what mentorship is. Mentorship is stepping outside of yourself and taking a vested interest in somebody else and bringing value to somebody, maybe a kid out of the projects that's going nowhere fast or a kid from the country whose dad's working all the time or a guy who's uh, caught up with his dad working all the time and his mom's sick and maybe he's not making all the best choices, but showing forgiveness, kindness, and mercy in spite of our ignorance and our stupidity. Because I know that I, I did a lot and I feel bad for you, Arch. I really do. <laughs> but I'm grateful for you. 
Men, I, I can't stress upon you the importance of mentorship. I can't begin to magnify this enough to help you understand how important it is. Because you know, at the end of the day, it's not really about you. It's about the person you're pouring into. And so many men that I've met in my life that I thought I had zero impact on have hit me up and said, hey, I really appreciate you for doing this. Or, hey, you came alongside me. I mean, things that you don't even realize it sometimes. And it's the way you live your life and the way you walk things out. And it's the way you love people, the way you treat people. Guys, we need you. We need you desperately. There's a John, there's a Ray, and there's a Fritz out there waiting on you to step up and come alongside us to help them too learn how to be men. Because when you do that, my friends, that's where the rubber meets the road.